Welcome to the UCM. We're your tour guides, Zan Peters and Joe Semino. And we're going to be taking you through our humble little museum's collection. The exhibits may or may not be real, but the stories sure are. Enjoy your visit today at the Uncanny County Museum. kind of isolated from someone just because you were saying something and then you suddenly realized that it just meant absolutely nothing to them. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yeah, I, I think so. Like in terms of like, like using specific phrases or language to describe something or like talking about some, like a topic. I, I mean, both, I think, you know, okay. everything about contemporary culture and, you know, on the one on the one hand, there are all of these like very homogenous, globalized things that everybody has some passing knowledge of. Right. And then, you know, in in no small part due to the Internet, everyone's personal interests are so niche that if you come across sometimes you, you realize you have this entire vocabulary of references and and even just maybe a way of thinking mm. about the world that you you can be talking to someone and you realize they've they're they're just not even kind of in that headspace they've never yeah. encountered anything with your particular type of dissidence yeah i mean i th i think we had something similar like that happen in italy because mm -hmm. I, I mean at least for me because i remember having a very specific vocabulary due to like my friends from home who you know mm -hmm. when we talk use a lot of slang and specifically internet slang too and like like even using like clout or other words for example like when describing clout. people or or something and mm -hmm. having to then describe that to some of our friends in italy mm -hmm. because they had no idea what i was saying half the time <laughs> um and i was like oh right not everybody talks this way i forgot that i am you know have a very specific way of speaking and some even, others even, don't. Even among other English speakers. Well, yeah, and, and among people from the U.S., which is also Yeah, yeah, j just to clarify that, because, you know, you could just say, well, they didn't understand you in Italy because you were in Italy. Right, um. right. That is, that's actually <laughs> kind of fair. That's the whole problem when we were, I was talking about, you know, uh, a, a few tours mm -hmm. ago with expressions not translating in Italian, because they yes. don't at all, and that means yeah. they don't understand them in English. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... Moving out west from the East Coast, I would occasionally kind of run into, um, I don't know, slight variations of what phrases are familiar. A lot of it has to do with pronunciation, you know, yeah. like everybody wants to rip on you for being, you know, an elite East Coaster that says Nevada uh, instead of Nevada. Nevada, um, yeah, yeah. Nevada. I thought they were making fun of Nevada. Like mm, when you say it like that, right. it sounds like Nevada. You know the way yeah. you, you're like making fun of people from Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, even um, in Bozeman, you could kind of use it as um, 
you know, a way to uh, communicate what your background was, how long you had been in Bozeman, you know, if you were uh, kind of, you know, recently arrived undergrad uh, from California, or mm-hmm. if you had been there for a few years. Right, and, yeah. You know, M- Montana's always had this bizarre relationship with, you know, the, they they hate the people that come into the state, but, you know, a lot of the transplants are also people that work really hard to try and protect Montana. It's it's a very right. weird relationship. But, yeah. you know, w- once, once you've been there for a few years, you start to, like, feel the ownership of it, even though you yourself are not from there, you know? Mm, gotcha. So, like, there, there was a street. It, if you were to just look at the way it's written, you mm-hmm. would think it's meager. Uh, but right. if you've been there a while, you know it's pronounced Mar. Oh, it's, you know, hey. it's somebody's name, probably. Gotcha. Or uh, if you were, and and this one, this one's a little more touchy and and goes into something different, but. If you were going to refer to it as Sacagawea Peak, or if you refer to it as Sacagawea, you know, you can be doing maybe, you know, depending on what crowd you're in, that can be either just completely conversational, complete, just slight pronunciation difference, or if you're in another uh, situation, it's it's virtue signaling, you know? Mm -mm. True, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting that language has that nuance to it. Mm-hmm. Um that, you know, even in English, American English, which is already a dialect of itself, which is right, fascinating right. to me, that we have different ways of saying the same thing virtually. Yeah, but in... we but we under we understand each other, which is why, you know, I think I yeah, was in true. the camp that just referred to it as sack. Please tell me you didn't. I hope you didn't. Okay. Wow. If you saw it spelled out, it would. If if you saw how you spelled it, it would. Right. Uh huh. (laughs) I just trying to shorten everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that that's that's a big Australian thing, but um. Well, when they shorten every single word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just just chop off the first syllable of every word. Yeah, it's not McDonald's. It's Macca's. Mac is. It's better. I think it's better that way. Straight well, to the, the point. <laughs> okay. And and I realize we're derailing, and I know you want to also make a uh-huh. point. But can I just say I'm I'm fascinated with the Australian adoption of <laughs> Macca's as the name for McDonald's when um you know the the advertising in Australia for McDonald's refers to itself as Macca's, yet the sign still says <laughs> McDonald's. And mm. <laughs> there's no there's no ads at least that I've ever come across in the United States of McDonald's refer to referring to itself as Mickey D's. You know? Oh yeah, that's a good point. It it, it would be like like <laughs> you don't usually see uh because everything has to be built on brand recognition and you don't want to cloud things brands typically do not want to refer to themselves as a nickname for themselves. They want to hammer right. home a singular name. 
Right. I am Joseph A. Bank Suit Sellers, or we are the Bank of America TD Bank, or, you know, yes, yes. the Ronald McDonald's House of McDonald's. <laughs> There's def- they, I, I am convinced they have a longer title behind them, and they've just shortened it to McDonald's. It's right, not- right. But, I mean, like, even Woolworths in Australia, like, everybody refers to it as Woolies. Like, the yeah. advertisement on TV, I, and I swear to God, I saw this commercial, it was like, this is shop at Woolies. It's cheap. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Australian thing I, I think they're okay they're oh, perfect th- now this is what we're talking about now <laughs> oh, their no. their tv commercials feel like real life Rick and Morty uh interdimensional cable oh uh, my god <laughs> like and and again if we're talking about like making references that you know people will understand if you if you are out there and you've watched Rick and Morty and you've seen the interdimensional cable episodes you know what I'm talking about where the voice actors are improving and then the animators just animate over top of it. And, it's you know, perfect. it could be, it could be anything. <laughs> and because in Australian TV, it's, I, I don't know, I don't know what the legality of it is, but it, to me, at least it seems like you cannot name competitors. Mm, okay. So, you know, it's like, oh yeah, Woolies is cheap. It's so much cheaper than there's other stores, you know? <laughs> It's like, uh, you know, it's like get the new Hyundai, which, which also like drove me up. Like I'm the I'm Hyundai, fa- yeah, 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 fascinated me. Like I can't even look at a Hyundai now without thinking Hyundai, Hyundai. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. It's weird that that that's the, that's the one word Australians have ever chosen to make longer. I don't know. There's some <laughs> crazy ones out there. Love the Australian dialect. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that. I mean. One more, just throwing it out there. Melbourne versus Melbourne. You That's know. true. Well, it's a whole Edinburgh yeah, 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 yeah. situation. You know, if you if you're if you're an Australian noob and you hear people say mm. Melbourne, That's you know. true. It's the same thing of Edinburgh. You know, it's Edinburgh. Right, right, right. Worcester. here in Massachusetts, Worcester. Oh Jesus. That's yeah, I don't yeah. understand. But yes, I mean, <laughs> we we are talking an awful lot about regionalisms. Mm-hmm. Uh and I'm seeing a giant map or a mm. series of giant maps of different regions, yeah. which is slightly related to what we are talking about. Yeah, it's. I think it's pretty related. It's our nice opener right mm-hmm. into this exhibit and that we're going to be going over today, which is really exploring the dialects and lingual differences specifically in Italy and Sardinia, which is what I wanted to talk about um, and we're at the room that we're in right now, which all of these maps that you see that are rather large, definitely, you know, twice as mm-hmm. big as uh, Zan and I here for scale are highlighting different regions in Italy and then going even further onto them to show the history of all of the um, languages mm-hmm. that exist there from, you know, Etruscan to essentially modern Italian. And mm-hmm. why, you know, I wanted to choose Italy, why I chose Italy for this specifically to highlight is that Italy has a very interesting linguistic history attached to its own cultural identity that i find very fascinating for the fact that everybody fights over it and also it's a very it's a thing of pride and mm-hmm. i think per, it, it really does shape the way humor and personality comes out i, I believe so 
So Mm -hmm. for context, I am not a lingual historian. I don't know much about that. I don't really know the nuances to language and how we've created it. But I do know that there's a lot of them and they have affected. (laughs) (laughs) That's my base base knowledge. I don't know much Mm -hmm. about this language stuff, but it does exist. Uh, Mm -hmm. No, but Mm -hmm. but in Italy specifically, I do know and have firsthand experience of dealing with these language and, and dialect differences. So for instance, as we know at this point, and I've been talking about it a lot, my mom is from Sardinia originally, and I went there a lot mm-hmm. as a child and was going back and forth for many years until we didn't. And then I went back recently, you know, a couple years ago, and especially when Zan and I were in Italy. Mm-hmm. That being said, I grew up around a very specific dialect of the Sardinian language that's also from the South. So when my mom would speak and my aunts would speak and, you know, I'd, talk, I'd try speaking and also talking with cousins and them talking to me, they're talking in Italian, but they mm-hmm. also slip in a lot of dialect. So when I became fascinated with this, and this is partially the, the, the inspiration for this tour, was when I went back to Florence in about 2018, and I realized that when I was talking to people or they were talking to me and I was listening to people talk in Italian, I didn't understand a lot of it or it sounded off. Like, you understand most of it, but it sounds off. Something's wrong. And I was talking to, you know, my mom about this and asking why. Uh, and what we came down to the idea was, or what we came to the conclusion is that it's because of the regions. Because central Italy and Tuscany speak very differently than people in the south, like Sicily, and speak very mm-hmm. differently than those in Sardinia. This is the problem we come to face in America when, you know, people who watch The Sopranos or identify with that or are actually Italian-American and mm-hmm. are either from Sicily or Naples, you occasionally get a Calabrese person or someone from the north, mm-hmm. will claim that their dialect they're speaking is Italian and that's the way you pronounce things. It's your mozzarella. Your uh, your scamuzza, you know these like very obnoxious ways of pronouncing things. That's just wrong, um, right, right. and it's not. Ro- I mean, it's its own dialect in and of itself. I want to be clear that mm-hmm, American mm-hmm. Italian is this very unique language that formed out of the integration of English and and Sicilian mm-hmm. and Southern languages that were already very different, but mm-hmm. they are not the same thing that someone in Florence or someone in Milan is going to be saying because they are literally not the same words. Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. That being said, it's this very fascinating situation where the entire history of Italy from now being a unified national country to the past being broken up city-states and even just different civilizations existing there have all spoken different languages and it forms their different cultures surrounding it. So mm-hmm. I want to go back to that and talk about the different regions in Italy a little bit, you know, getting into why they do this. But I wanted to use Sardinia as an example of this because it's a society, it's a it has a it's an island whose history is quite literally influenced by different languages brought from different people who helped form what it would become. Mm-hmm. And this is something that happens all over the world. That's a pretty common occurrence, as we know, and language changes in forms. I mean, I could go on for days about English, and maybe it'll come up why it's very weird there's the a, way we speak There's a constant ebb and flow of influences of, Absolutely. of everyone on Earth. There's nothing that happens in complete mm-hmm. isolation. 
Yeah, no, I, I would absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in certain times, there is a case of isolation, you know, with Japan and other countries, but not mm-hmm. extreme, right? They still have their influence from other languages right, but, and such. Yeah, I mean, th- you do have instances where things can either become geographically or politically isolated. That right, being right, right. said, Japan's alphabet initially was uh, entirely constructed off of the Chinese alphabet. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. It's <laughs> and, and it's co-opted. A lot of stuff is, but that's yeah. like so. That's so fascinating to me that that is mm-hmm. you. You form national identities around other versions of your language, mm-hmm. and sometimes lose them. Mm-hmm. So, like with the case of Sardinia, if I if I may go through a very very quick uh, briefing, um, and we can actually turn our attention to the map here that demonstrates all of these bullet points. I wanted to lay out a very quick timeline of all of the different civilizations and peoples that interacted on this island. Um, First, we have mammoths. We have mammoths, yes, as we learned, uh, which is really Mm -hmm. fascinating, actually, that that happened. But also, to be clear, this isn't that big of a place, you know, because just geographically speaking, I should probably say, it is west of Italy, right across from, like, Rome, give or take, and south of Corsica. Corsica's, like, right above it. So they come Mm -hmm. into contact a lot. It is also probably, it takes you about three to four hours to drive from, like, Cagliari all the way to um, to Olbia in the north, like, the northernmost city. So mm-hmm. it's not that big. It's wide, and the, the difference is there's a lot of mountains in these regions, mm-hmm. a lot of them, and it caused a lot of problem for travel. So certain regions in these areas are restricted to where they basically start from. So a lot of these different um, groups that I'll kind of get into from the West are going to not necessarily be as in the earlier days, not necessarily always be contacting those in the East, just depending Mm -hmm. on where they are. So we have, we first have the Nuragic civilization, uh, which rules from 1800 to 500 BCE. And that would be like the first, you know, Mm -hmm. civilization we have record of being there. They came onto the Island at some point um, and set up shop essentially. And that is who built the stone architectural structures that are littered throughout the Island and are very, they're protected a lot. They're very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you ever Google Sardinia, it's like the second image that pops up because they're very cool. They also <laughs> built them out of like no, you know, no mortar. They're like right. with these really crazy structures. Uh, is 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 this like a culture that we have any of their own narrative about themselves, or is this far enough back in history that it's kind of like the Olmecs, where we really only know about the later civilization or the earlier civilizations through um the later civilizations writing about them or archaeology uh to my knowledge it's a bit of both Mm -hmm. there's some instance there where you have an idea of how their civilization was run just based in traditions that are passed down there's also Mm -hmm. i think writings and trade happening between them and the Etruscans, for instance, that okay. shows there's at least a lot of interaction going on. I don't know mm-hmm. much, too much about them um, mm-hmm. in terms of like their history and their stories, but I know that there is a lot out there about it. Mm-hmm. But it is still a bit, some of it's a mystery. This is, again, like that whole thing of are they the sea people or not? You know, it would be around that right. same time, maybe earlier, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, after them, oh, so I should clarify, they have their own unique language, by the way. And their no. own unique dialect. It is not. It do is we, like. Do we have any of it? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we do. Oh, wow. I don't. I'm pretty sure, at least, that some of it's still um, recorded. But I think, I think it might be watered down to 
a lot of the dialect that remains in Sardinia, like some of the words that were left mm-hmm. over. For instance, um, and I'm, I'll, I'll get to it later more specifically, but right, okay. this is one of the bigger examples I always bring up is that the middle of the island is uh, mountainous and it's in the mm-hmm. Barbagia region of the island, mm-hmm. which is named by the Romans because they called it for the barbarians that live there, but mm-hmm. as they do. But they, in Nuoro specifically, that, that city-state area, they speak a dialect that has a lot of words that would can trace back to Nuragic uh, languages, which is very fascinating mm-hmm. because they didn't get Latinized. Um, mm. Some of it still stayed. It's it, We'll see that it does get a lot fleshed out, but there is some remnants of those phrases and language still there, uh, to my mm-hmm. knowledge at least. So... Um, so moving from them, um, they have an influence on the language of the island and a lot of the traditions that are still actually celebrated today, to my knowledge, wow. at least. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, like it's it's a major influence. But mm-hmm. then this th- this would be still in the middle of the island. Mm-hmm. They're going to have their most impact on the middle um, because each of these, each part of the island essentially is going to attach itself to a different culture. So like following them in 500 BCE, the Carthaginians rule over as well as incorporate trade relations with Sardinia, but they are specifically focusing in the south where Cagliari is, and they actually help form that city because it's again right next to North Africa. So it's like a mm-hmm. jump on a boat, and okay. you're there. Yeah, so it's yeah. a, it's you know, and this is essential in like the Punic Wars, and it's their foothold in Italy to go to Sicily and so on. So this isn't a you know, this island becomes pretty essential very fast in in the you know ancient mediterranean world they have a lot of interaction with um and this is even before the carthaginians with the greeks phoenicians and corsicans as well as etruscans who are all interacting with these people that with the neurogic peoples and later ones they're trading you know giving different music different languages different architectural structures you know it's all being influenced and there's evidence actually that there was trade amongst greeks and etruscans there because of pottery that's left over mm-hmm um and in archaeological dig sites especially near Cagliari as well Mm -hmm. so you know after the um the carthaginians set up and and one of the things i always find really fascinating and this was an example um i was talking to a friend of mine about actually is that in where my mom is from which is the south um right west of Cagliari, their main Mm -hmm. port city to the south their town uh her town specifically has a lot of like north african polyrhythm influences on their music and a Mm. lot of different words that we'll get to where they come from specifically but also some of these like more ancient phrasings and non-latin phrases like a lot of arabic uh ones too and obviously the carthaginians are pre you know arab empire but it's still fascinating like you can assume that a lot of some of the language influences as well as the cultural influences come from that far back because Mm -hmm. it's again that trade relation doesn't necessarily go away either so that's one interesting aspect there to give us a broader picture so after the carthaginians you get the romans who take control following the punic war in 258 um Mm -hmm. bce as well and they bring latin which is going to completely change the language structure for a lot of these places right yeah um hence moving you know towards the italian language later on but they bring their architecture. They have a lot of ruins left over there, as they do all over Europe. And again, like I said, with Barbaggia, they didn't make it quite into certain places, and they 
more specifically with Barbagian as a region, they kind of just left them alone because they were like, this is mm-hmm. not worth our time. These mountain people are just going to do what they want. So let's just let them do what they want. Right. There, there's, and, there's a, there's that Roman practicality. Yeah. And I mean, it worked out, but again, that's why mm-hmm. we have this very diverse dialect that happens because mm-hmm. each of these regions, you know, North, South, East and West of, of in Sardinia all have different ways of saying things. And we'll get into more of the nuance as that to that after I go through some of these different cultures that influence it because this will give us a better grounding for that. Mm-hmm. So this one surprised me is actually that from 456 to 534, the Vandals occupied Sardinia for a brief period of time. Interesting. Right? I didn't know that. And that is very huh. fascinating to me that they show up for a bit. Um, and then, because, you know, when I, when I was growing up and my knowledge of it before doing research, I understood mm-hmm. it was, okay, it's the Carthaginians, it's the Etruscans, um, just from trade, and then it's the Romans, and then it's, mm-hmm. like, Italy. That's it. That's right. all I knew. And I found out that that's uh, not entirely true because you had the Vandals, which was my first curveball. And mm-hmm. guess who kicks out the Vandals in uh, 533? Take a guess. Hmm. Who vandalizes the Vandals? That's great. That's a g- yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um... I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm shocked enough, I guess, to hear that the Vandals got to Sardinia. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to guess uh, the wild boar. You know, that's funny because they do have a lot of wild boar there. Um, I'm sure they caused some problem. The chingale, <laughs> if you will. Um, <laughs> no, it would be the, well, I guess maybe the wild boar of the east. The Byzantine Empire shows up. Oh, yeah. I didn't know what, that. <laughs> what what did they I get the the proximity to Italy if you've got trade and um and stuff coming from North Africa. What does the Byzantine Empire want with Sardinia? I think they're recovering the Roman Empire so they wanted the trade routes cuz Sardinia mm. has a lot of resources on it, not only just because of its importance of being a really centered Mediterranean pit stop, but mm. also mines and ores as well as trees at the time. So it's yeah, got to get the, you, they got to get that sea silk from somewhere. Got to get that sea silk from somewhere. Exactly. And the yeah. good, you know, baked goods. But mm-hmm. yeah, so the Byzantines show up. Well, I mean, up. I just imagine, I mean, when did Justinian uh-huh. like show up on the shores of uh, Sardinia and, you know, they're like, you know, when you said that the the women here shaved clams, this is not what I thought. <laughs> Jeez, oh no! Oh my That's, god! That's uh, yeah. Sorry that that was just lying right there. I kind of had to take that one. Yeah, no, that you had to. I I respect yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You uh, should. People should really look into sea silk. Fascinating yeah. process. Yeah, we they really should actually. <laughs> But yeah, so the Byzantines show up in 533 to about 1288 BCE, and they defeat the Vandals, hence their mm-hmm. earlier date. Um, but they also bring Byzantine Greek with them and mm. Christianity. So that uh-huh. makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of churches around. Uh, but they're orth, they're Greek well, Orthodox. Well, early, early Christianity, I should say. Okay. So just because they're pagan, uh, backing up a few steps. Mm-hmm. Sardinian people would have been pagan at the time. They had their own religious reasons. And they also actually have those blended into their traditions. Mm-hmm. I believe I talked about that with the Mamatonas in one of our tours, our spooky tours, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So they blended a lot of pagan traditions with Christianity, but this would be like an early, early form of it. Okay, but has like the main peninsula of Italy converted mm-hmm. at this point? What, 1288? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, they're under yeah. they're under Christianity. The church is in full form. I mean, the church is showing okay. up places in like you know at least what like six hundred, seven hundred. I want to say they're getting mm-hmm. their their tracks going. And then the schiz the schism between uh Roman and Greek Orthodox happens in I'm I I I definitely this this year was hammered into my head in middle school and I have forgotten it. What year was the schism? It would be like 1053, I want to say. 1054. Okay, so this, 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 okay, okay. So the schism, okay. Um, yeah, so it's like, happens right in the middle of their occupation, essentially. Mm-hmm. So again, mm-hmm. that's going to come into play and be important. Gotcha. But right after them, and this is again, like we're speed rounding this. So this one is very interesting to me. From 1297 to 1420, so a very long amount of time. The Argonese mm. invade and bring with them their language, Catalan, and medieval Spanish influence mm. to the region. This is fascinating because when I was, again, consulting my mom and family members about the languages of Sardinia, Catalan gets brought up a lot. Um, and they also know it specifically. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the words in the south of, it, of Sardinia are based in that language. They actually have, like, they literally, like, pull right from it. Wow. Uh, and this makes sense because they were there and showed up mm-hmm. and, you know, basically structured it. So, yeah. and, and I'm going to kind of combine these two because they're essentially the same people, but you, even though they're not, I know, but from 1469 to 1708, you then have the Spanish who show up. Now, a little bit before then, the Argon the Argon Empire um, bring feudalism to the island and they bring it a little late, actually, because mm-hmm. when Europe's transitioning out of it and also mainland Italy, they're bringing it back. So a bit of a yikes there. But again, we're starting to see exploitation of people who live there. And then the Spanish invade and they rule over Sardinia and incorporate into the Spanish empire. Now, if you go ever to the south of of Sardinia, we actually have a few uh, texts and books here that will show you images of it. The architecture in the south is heavily Spanish influenced. And you can tell just based in how it looks. I mean, it's almost identical. Mm -hmm. Um, And specifically, Cagliari itself as a city. And this makes sense because the Spanish were building up the island at the time. They also um, brought fortified uh, towers to the coasts because they needed Mm -hmm. to defend it from, you know, other pirates and other... I think it was the Barbary pirates, actually, specifically. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, And Spanish to the language. Hence Mm -hmm. now why the... um, south of sardinia as well as the western coast has a lot of spanish influence upon latin too mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense and then from 1708 to 1848 sardinia is then given to the savoy house who are a part of the austrian empire at the time they're so Nor- is just really tossing around sardinia. it's crazy like i didn't realize it was that diverse in terms of like areas because mm-hmm. some of these make sense right i mean the greeks phoenicians carthaginians they're all trading people they go around and sail uh, mm-hmm. I didn't think they would be given to a random house from, you know, Austrian descent that were hanging out in Italy. And mm-hmm. I also didn't know that that's who's going to bring the Italian language to Sardinia, because at this time they don't have that yet. Wow. So that's kind of wild. And I think this is also when you start to get the Pisan influence there, too, because they show up and build a wall a few times uh, in Inglesia specifically. But Was the wall like slightly tilted? kind of no it's just old but <laughs> i know that's the leading tower of pizza joke and it's funny but th- this actually starts the italianization of sardinian peoples and this is where you start to see that unification being brought in at an early start because again at this time they are not really italian they are they are, this is a bad example but because we brought up australia 
I think Sardinia is the Australia of Italy. Huh. Did they send all of their prisoners to Sardinia? No. But <laughs> it's uh it's wild in a sense, you know, there's a okay. lot of mountains, there's a lot of uh wild lands. Uh everybody has a knife. So okay. that's part okay. of it. Yeah, Cle- they sp- clearly <laughs> clearly a feature of of Australians. I, they, they all have okay. knives. <laughs> they, do they not all have pocket knives and go hunting all the time? I'm sure that's gonna be part of it, right? No, but it, it is like it's maybe not specifically one to one as a ratio, but it's it's essentially sh- like they, they Australians wear such short shorts. It's hard to to hide. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, yeah. no, but like it, it is like a. What it's actually for Sardinia, it's like a cultural thing, which is really fascinating. That like mm-hmm. all the guys get pocket knives. Um, wow. Yeah, it, I I have one. I finally got one. But I actually got that funny story. I knew about that because someone else told me if I had one, like a friend of mine who, <laughs> I, I a, a friend of mine who I think you might have met actually, um, but was was like talking to me when I was there in 2018, and they were, and I was telling them, you know, I'm Sardinian, that's where my family's from, and they're like, oh, where's your knife? I was like, what the like? What are you talking about? My knife? <laughs> like, I didn't know I was supposed to have a knife. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't Sardinians have like knives? They get it's like a rite of passage thing. And I was like, well, I certainly didn't get one. So I called my mom and said, Mom, where's my knife? And she's like, mm-hmm. I have no idea what you're talking about. And then I kind of contextualized it, and she's like, Oh yeah, uh, you know, well, we don't do that part. And then I ended up getting one as a as a gift from my aunts uh, who found out. <laughs> but it was just like very wild to me because I was like, I didn't know that that's a thing. Yeah, you, you were like, I was supposed to get a knife. Yeah. I was. Where is my birthright? <laughs> my knife. Well, that's like not that. That's not to segue too far. But this is also one of those things I feel like I never brought up to you of how when I when I was becoming very proud of like who I was, like where I was from, in a sense, where mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. family is from, because I used to not really care because the closest mm-hmm. I had to Italian culture was the Jersey Shore in America. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember going to an uh, uh, my friends, a friend of mine's. Uh, show that she was in it was like a very mm-hmm. small italian show in like someone's apartment quite literally that's what it looked like cool though you mm-hmm. know cool photos yeah yeah and i was talking to some of the people there trying to socialize be cool speaking italian and english right, right, right. and the person i was talking to in italian was like oh well, where are you from and i you know i said oh i'm american but i'm from italy you know my family's from sardinia and she's like mm-hmm. oh you're sardinian yeah don't they have like the terrorists and i was like <laughs> what she's like yeah yeah they got those guys who like you know they captured that one guy's son i think it's the plot of moneyball or one of those movies um maybe not moneyball i I I do not remember that in moneyball (laughs) i didn't see moneyball to be honest it's i think it was a george clooney movie i don't remember which one but basically there was this like i forgot there was this period and actually i didn't forget i didn't know there was a period Mm -hmm. in sardinia's history where they had like you know people that would just they basically would uh because they i think they wanted to secede from italy actually they Mm -hmm. were um they were capturing people and kidnapping them and then ransoming them off for money. So that was a very awkward end to that conversation because I didn't know what right, to say. Because yeah. what do you, what do yeah. you say to that? Um, oh yeah, no. I mean, it's like sometimes it's like if I mention I'm Jewish and like someone like just gives me their unsolicited opinion on Israel and I'm just like, mm. cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like I. I, I'll call, I'll call the, I'll call them I guess yeah get them on the phone Zan <laughs> get them talking oh my god it's, yeah that sorry for the segue but that's one of those mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. bizarre interactions 
But anyway, it, it segues us right into the last part of this history, which is 1861, which is the Kingdom of Italy is formed, and it's actually mm-hmm. formed out of Sardinia because of wow. again this house that's the house of the Savoy, the house of Savoy, the Savoy mm-hmm. house mm-hmm. helping this out, and they, you know, this is the beginning of Italian Italy's nationalism. They pick the language of Dante, specifically the Florentine dialect, to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to use as the national language. Standardize, yeah. Yeah, exactly, because again, I'm specifically speaking of Sardinia, but we have to also keep in mind at this point, not all Italians speak what is now modern Italian. They speak Mm -hmm. Napolitano, they speak, you know, Sicilian, Sicilian, look at me, Uh, you know, Siciliano, you know, (laughs) they speak all these different dialects that Uh some are very similar and some are not. The farther south you go, the less recognizable they are, the farther middle and north you go, the more recognizable it is because of, you know, Tuscan. In, that, in the sense that if you were to take Italian on Duolingo, uh-huh. like, or, and if someone mentions, if someone not Italian says that they speak Italian, they're, what they're saying is they speak Florentine Tuscan. Yeah, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, in, in a lot of cases, like I said, with the US, you'll see this because people will say like, Oh, like I know Italian because my grandmother or my grandfather taught me Italian. And if they are mm-hmm. immigrants from like Sicily, let's say, they're bringing mm-hmm. over a dialect, and that right. dialect is getting butchered and changed and formed um, into something new. I, I don't want to like bash that either because yeah, it, there's not lesser than no. It, it's just more unique and interesting. The thing I don't mm-hmm. like, and I will again, I'm going to die on this hill, is that it's not gravy. Stop calling it that. It's sauce. That's literally the <laughs> translation. I understand if it's a meat sauce, it could be formed as a gravy due to the translation issue. Contextualize this, please. That's not what it means. Stop. Mm. Hey, Joe. 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 Yeah. Calm down. It's all gravy. It's all. God damn it. It <laughs> was very good. No, that was very good, and I'm very. That was very funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, but this this is a fascinating thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, any region of the world that now has a, you know, all all of these what what were previously uh separate or even competing um entities Mm -hmm. and cultures that get absorbed into a larger uh political entity you know yeah you can you know um italy obviously is uh a big uh is an example that we've talked exhaustively about just from you know us um living there for a period of time Mm -hmm. um you know we've talked about it with germany china i mean just china's such a big country yeah and there have been people living in that region for so long that it's, you know, the, 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 the idea that you, you have to realize like, oh, there had to be like, you know, this, there, there were so many people you realize like someone had to say, Hey, we got to get everybody to like speak the same language. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and you know, that to uh varying degrees of uh you know uh genocide in a lot of places uh but but you know you see like the the efforts of you know even like garibaldi saying Mm. like you know we have made italy now we must make italians yeah yeah the the project of trying to get everybody on the same page and suddenly everybody's under this umbrella when 
you know, it sounds like the if we were to even group these languages just purely based on how closely they were related, they're not uh, even, you know, some of them are closer to Spanish and French than yeah. they would be to the the Tuscan dialect, you know? I think I think uh, Venetian in particular is closer to Lombard. Yeah, exactly, because you know that area was conquered by the Lombards, a Germanic yeah. tribe that then blends mm -hmm. with Italian tribes, and they make their own mm -hmm. languages out of them. It's why the northern Italian dialects are not the same as southern ones, right? They have mm -hmm. a very different influence, where yeah. you have this completely different language system interacting with one you know a latin based one and then the the southern italians are interacting with greeks and phoenicians and other cultures earlier on based in just trading routes and same with the venetians yeah. too it's all about but, but, a, but a it's, it's hard well but we may, maybe this is just my perspective uh -huh. um as as someone with a, a the the you know a a slight background in paleontology um, we want to think of things as evolutionary. And in evolution, um, because genes have to pass, you know, from one individual organism to another, you know, sometimes there can be, you know, because of like viruses and stuff, like you can get, you know, some sort of cross pollination, as in the case of like a lot of plants. But mm -hmm. for the most part, uh, evolution for animals has to be kind of linear in that way. Uh, right. You know, that uh, birds are descendants of dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, you can't have uh, you, you can't have a bird come from somewhere else and then join up with the birds. Mm -hmm. You have with, with language, it's so much more muddy because uh you can have two language groups that are otherwise separated that suddenly are thrust together form a pigeon and then eventually a uh a, a completely different language you know you can't really um do that with genetics you know w when you're looking at culture and stuff you realize how much more potential there is for things to move and mix and right. um, reinvent themselves in a way beyond how we think of evolution, which is this begot this begot this, you know? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's not, it's not linear in that way. It's not this. Yeah. It's, it's very muddy, as you said. It's very messy, too. Right, because, and... I mean, w w with, with us speaking English, you know, English oh, is a Germanic language. Uh, but it is a result of a German speakers getting uh, conquered by French speakers and then those people turning around and conquering uh, Gaelic speakers, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, it's even crazier than that, in all honesty, because you have these, like, you know, Proto-Germanic and Scandinavian peoples like the Anglos going over, or the Saxons, right. really, Anglo-Saxons, mm -hmm. going over to Britain, 
decimating mm-hmm. the population there that speaks Gaelic and Celtic languages. So that gets right. incorporated already. Then you have mm-hmm. the Danes show up bringing mm-hmm. Danish, which is similar, but a little bit different, right. ruling over for a few years. Mm-hmm. More than that, actually. Then the French for a very long time. And then now we are in this weird quasi-romantic-based language somewhat, but it's still German-based. So it's very odd, mm-hmm. you know, how that happens. And it's it's funny because, like, you know, I it's not really not funny, but, like, I'll use this a lot as an example when breaking down nationalism mm-hmm. and why it's dumb in a sense yes. of just, like, especially European nationalism where they identify as, as a nation, as a country. It's why Italians being like, I am Italian. It's like, well, what does that mean, right? Like, mm-hmm. are you? Maybe, are you even ethnically Italian? Regardless, let's in terms of England or Britain, those areas, it's like people who are obsessed with being English, right? They have to be like, or or any of mm-hmm. the Saxon ones, Anglo-Saxon, I'm, I'm this. It's like, you're probably more Danish, honestly, or you probably have more French blood in you than you realize because of the mm-hmm. genetic... Uh, situations that happened there due to a couple thousand years ago, a, thousand, a couple hundred years ago, right? And and it's it's like, but also the the idea that there's no e- even in ancient times, like there's no delineation yeah. of like this people is this, right. and these are the pure blooded, exactly. You know, that like all of this stuff no. is is you know things with definitions but hazier borders less defined borders between them and that's sort of the way it's always been i might have talked about this at another point um but a friend of mine who is greek like from crete uh you know took like 23 and me and got 100 percent greek which isn't really shocking her family her entire family being greek but if you think about it, especially in terms of, you know, her ancestors presumably living on that island, you like you can't just say the people of Crete did not just spring up out of the ground. Yeah, of course they, they um, spawned there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like, yeah, whenever I see her uh, get hurt, she respawns in Crete and has to fly back to the US. It's very annoying. Oh my God, the travel um, expenses in itself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, she has fast travel. She's good. Oh, okay, nice. Um, So, okay, like, I mean, if I were to take one of those tests, which I, I have hang-ups about and i don't think i ever will but if i were to do that it would you know say at least half or whatever ashkenazi Mm -hmm. but ashkenazi as just by the definition of it is something that could have only existed in really the last 1500 to 2000 years right like as an identity Mm -hmm. of exiled uh jews in central and eastern europe right but that completely erases and discounts everything before that Mm, and all of the intermixing that those people had with other peoples like there's no i i guess the thing that i really dislike about those types of things even though i think they're they're interesting and they can be really revealing about you know how much uh our our ancestors moved around and stuff and and you know we we shouldn't um you know i guess i i don't i don't want to discount the idea that we should you know investigate genealogy or um you know uh 
or or consult DNA because there's still clearly so much that we can learn from it. What I don't like is the idea of the percentage thing because then that implies that you could be a hundred percent something, and yeah, unless you and and this this isn't even entirely correct, but unless you were like in some pocket of the African Rift Valley that has never contacted any other group of human beings ever yeah the, everybody else is 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 from somewhere else are descendants of someone yeah, else. yeah the, exactly. there's there's no pure uh uh we we came from this place it's uh n not and again i i don't want to also fall into the camp of um you know using that to to justify Mm -hmm. uh you know the the uh the erasure of of indigenous peoples that have uh ties to their lands and you know subsequent you know experiences of having their culture erased from them or them just being killed but you know when we have to talk about facts of 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 human evolution and migration we've we've all been traveling the world and you know occasionally we get separated from each other and things differentiate uh but then rejoin back up um mm -hmm. and it's it's even the thing if we if we want to come back to languages with it like you're you, you can be familiar with yiddish for for the for the ashkenazi for the germanic and and slavic uh uh Jews of Europe but then mm. you have Ladino for the Sephardic Jews that um whose ancestors were living in uh the Iberian Peninsula mm. and you know and th this was some you know I I was aware that Yiddish is really a Germanic language interesting it's not even though it does use hebrew characters and there's a lot of words that are the same in yiddish as they are in hebrew like abba um uh, um you know the shalom uh obviously <laughs> but uh yiddish is germanic like hmm. uh you know uh ich hasen sender my name is alexander like it's it's not like completely uh it, it's not completely uh you know divorced from the the roots of our own language uh it right. has like obvious influence from hebrew but it is a germanic language uh mm. ladino similar thing ladino is a romance language huh uh like if you if you like look at phrases of it uh you could theoretically understand portions of it, even if you, you know, just know Spanish. Interesting. You know, it has the... Uh, I, I was even kind of... I was curious, because I, I unfortunately don't know really any uh, Ladino. I was looking up some uh, phrases and stuff, and, like, you know, there's there's words... Like, I'm looking at some of these phrases right now, and... There are words here that I know from Spanish and Italian. Like they just Oh wow. Like they just are the same words. You know, and yet we 
separate those things right because we do not lump those cultures together and then here we have sort of an inverse coming mm-hmm. back to the mm-hmm. sardinians where mm-hmm. we are lumping something together because of a geography uh when yeah. when there really was um a, more of a delineation more of a separation yeah, no, it, 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 I completely agree with what you're saying, even in terms of the, the whole genealogy thing of like a 23andMe or these tests that put percentage to ethnicity, because yeah. it, it gets messy yeah. very quick, Um, especially because of how, you know, everybody in Europe specifically, all over the world, but in terms of just like talking about the European base for this, because you see it a lot in the rise of nationalism now and in, in identity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always been mixing and matching and all these languages that we speak today that are there are all coming out of different blends of people that interacted with one another and who, mm-hmm. you know, were either trading or conquered or whatever, you know, that blended into the cultures. But it's just fascinating to me. And I think this is partially why I'm so interested in, in Sardinia's languages and Italy's dialects, um, mm-hmm. not only because it's my own, you know, culture and I'm interested in investigating that, but it opens this idea that you can harmonize multiple dialects, still speak a universal mm-hmm. one and not let that go. Even if yeah. you don't fully understand it, because it's the, it's the idea that in Italy, the Florentines are Florentine and the Tuscans are Tuscan. Right. And that the, uh, that if you're Roman, you are Roman, and you have your own history attached there. And the, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a whole national pride there as well. If you are from Sicily, you have your own identity attached to that, your own language mm-hmm. that you speak. Naples has a very infamous uh, dialect they speak, and it's quite interesting, and ve- it's very fascinating if you've ever heard it. I don't mm-hmm. know any words particular. And then you get S- Sardinian, which has its own, na- its, its own language, right? And as my cousin mm-hmm. even pointed out to me, they probably speak Italian the best because they have to, um, in a sense of you're being taught the perfect language because sardish is so different from italian that you literally like in tuscan they speak the traditional italian but it's a little sometimes changed at this point too because slang exists right um Mm -hmm. in in sardinia's case they can't because it doesn't sound anything like it like i want to get kind of some examples maybe just for uh you know our tour here to demonstrate why these are very different and this Mm -hmm. some of these are very clear examples like house in italian is casa right same as Spanish. Right. L- little, little more of a Z sound on the S, right? Casa. Casa, yeah, exactly. Casa, yeah, yeah. like casa. So, casa is house, but in Sardish, it's domu. Mm-hmm. At least in my mom's dialect, which is in the south. So, there's the Latin okay. influence right there. So, her town, right, domus, right, Novus, okay. you know, new home. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. This one was pretty wild to me in terms of places. Like, a, you know, church is chiesa, mm-hmm. right? In mm-hmm. Italian. But in, in Sardish, it's crezia. And I'm probably butchering the pronunciation too. So like a crezia mm. with a Z. Um, but then you get something like lunch, like pranzo in Italian being pranzu mm-hmm. or pranzu in Sarsh. They, they mm-hmm. do a lot of things with ending in zu and it's very confusing. Um, but Interesting. even with like saying yeah or yes, this was something mm-hmm. my cousin was doing a lot. And I, he's young, a lot younger than me and I didn't understand why he was doing this. Um, where instead of saying like C, C, you know, or like Certa or C, mm-hmm. you know, which is yes in Italian, he would say mm-hmm. Eia, 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 Eia. And I was like, what is that? I've never heard that before. And I was mm. like, and it, it's just, a, it's Sardish for yeah. It's like slang. Wow. Um, and it's very different. Yeah. But, and then some of these, again, are similar and then very drastically different. Like, how's it, even, how's it spelled? Uh, do you, I mean, do you know? 
Uh, yeah, A Y A. A Y A. A Y A. Okay, yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. that. I can't even think with that. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like not Italian, right? You know, it's a very yeah. different thing. Or even like mm-hmm. uh, for salve, for, you know, greetings, hello, it's mm-hmm. saluri. So saluri. Mm. Yeah, very different. Uh, similar, though. Saluri. Similar. But then these ones are kind of crazy to me with cousin, right? Cousin in Italian is mm-hmm. cugino, at least for the, mm-hmm. the singular, for male cousin, cugino. And for, um, for you know, your female cousin, cugina. And then mm-hmm. in, but in Sardish, it's, it's fraili, fraili. I'm probably not mm-hmm. even saying it right because it's the R's, but yeah, mm-hmm. fraili. And for, for your, you know, for the, for the feminine version of that, it's soresta. Mm-hmm. So diff- very drastically different. But then even with fraili, it sounds like fratelli to me at least, which then you get for, <laughs> right. because for, for brothers, right? But then right, brother right, yeah. in Italian is fratello. And in Sardish, it's, um, Ferrari, like a Ferrari, but not Ferrari. <laughs> and then sister for instead of in Italian is Sorella, but in Sardish it's Sori. So it's it's mm-hmm. these you know sometimes they're very they're similar cognates right they're similar you can hear right. the bit of the distant, and then mm-hmm. sometimes they're not and and you know I didn't like necessarily look these up on the professional dictionary these are just coming from my mom's dialect because I was curious about measuring mm-hmm. a just unnoticed approach to the language right i want to hear what's coming yeah. out of that because if i were to show this to someone if i were to ask this to someone in barbaja and noro right they probably have a different answer mm-hmm. similar though it's just yeah. like we in in english you know we're gonna pronounce nevada nevada right it's the same right. thing um but someone else who has to say you know different words like that and don't speak english mm-hmm. are gonna say it differently too or in their language differently so mm-hmm. i think this to me at least and why i really wanted to talk about this is it offers this mm-hmm, such mm-hmm. interesting historical insight yeah unique approach to speaking and subtle differences that language brings and that really beautiful element there that there doesn't have to be these like rigorous i mean obviously there's rules to languages right there's guidelines in how to speak something but there isn't this mm-hmm. hard definite of italians always spoke italian even when they were not Italian, right? It's like <laughs> that curiosity of where do our professional languages come from? Why and how does that work? And, right. and I think that's also something being incorporated um, into English as well, right? When we start to identify what is what is modern English, like what is professional mm-hmm. writing English, mm-hmm. right? Because you know, yeah. I, and, and ending my monologue real quick, I had a conversation when I was writing my my master's thesis with the, mm-hmm. with the uh, professor of mine I was working with. And I was saying how I had to get everything like this, like, you know, professional art English, right? Or the, the correct mm-hmm. grammar. And he was really annoyed by that. Not at me, but at this, like, <laughs> idea that, like, what is professional, like, what is correct English writing, right? So many other people mm-hmm. have dialects in this country and different ways of speaking. Mm-hmm. And who's to say what needs to be this, like, you know, official times New Roman version of that? I'm paraphrasing what he said, essentially. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it was very fascinating to me because it's like, yeah, you know, there are different ways of writing that isn't this like old English teacher way of writing in the forties. And that's not a bad thing, right? Either way, Mm -hmm. I blend those styles a lot, but it introduces Mm -hmm. new ways of using language to both get your point across and also to bring that history forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, um, it's a big question, right? With, um, with, how we speak in general and how we formalize uh language for academic stuff we um 
we want to adopt a certain idea that, well, you know, we can all speak the way that we speak, but um, because I'm I'm also with you there on like, yeah, no, mm-hmm. there's uh, there's there's so many bizarre implications of saying what is proper English, you know, that we don't even yeah. have time to get into all of. No, that. no, no, no. I, I didn't um, even mean to derail. You it. know, the, oh. but but the the idea that if you are trying to write something academically if i can you know try to see your if if i want to see your side on this cuz i also understand that as well like what what you were sort of saying in that moment was we want to be understood and that is ultimately the goal of language and right. if no no matter what your grammar or, or vocabulary is if you are being understood then you are accomplishing the goals of said language um what i think academic writing is trying to do is trying to be specific and trying to say this is the thing i'm trying to unequivocally say uh for sure and for sure maybe that is the place for writing however then that can also alienate people i mean and it also maybe prioritizes a certain patois of english over you know at, at to, to to be fairly topical, ebonics, you know, um, yeah. and, and which, which is not to say that it, it, you know African American English does not have rules to it, um, mm. you know it it has grammatical rules to it the way that any language and dialect does, um, right, and but also things change generation to generation and. There are phrases that I, you know, you and I even use that probably are, uh, you know, not able to be immediately understood even by our parents. Um, right. It goes right back my, to my our... mom in particular does not like the phrase uh, being down for something. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. My, yeah. Mine used to get annoyed with when they still kind of do my parents with um, when I would say, oh, sick. That's sick. They'd be like, why? That's so horrible. Why do you want something to be like ill? And I'm like, I don't know. It's wow. Just... Did you like, did you grow up in like a 90s sitcom house? I mean, I started saying that like when I was in oh, high wait, school. Oh, I... wait. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, like, yeah, I mean, it's like, it sounds like the type of thing that, yeah. That, that, that like, you know, it's like, so you're telling me something that's bad is good? Yeah, no, it, it it was that plot. It's literally that trope that we see in in yes. like sitcoms where, they, um, and then I'm like, what was your language? Like, what did you say as, as kids? Because and like obviously that throws a whole curveball right. in my in my family because of my mom speaking a completely different language. But yeah, um, it's like um, I talked about this forever ago. But in Dune, uh, <laughs> what did Timothy Chalamet say to his mom where he's like says, "You, you good? good? Yeah, you good?" And it just threw me off for a second. I was like. Uh, oh okay okay um but it is it is the future technically so maybe that's a very proper old-fashioned uh way to say <laughs> just it like just do. like paula trades would be the equivalent of like an ancient name being brought up today uh because it's yeah. so like paul people are like his name's paul there's duncan oh, idaho and he's paul well, I mean, both you and I have names that are like two thousand years old. Yeah. Well, ex- I mean, that is I, the argument. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like the um, it's. I mean, that that's also the the incredible enduring power of of languages mm, and stuff. It's true. Um, 
but it i mean it's 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 amazing like you know suddenly running into a situation where and i'm always fascinated by this when someone has a phrase or or a word that just doesn't um yeah uh doesn't translate i'm thinking of in undergrad i i moved into a house with a bunch of other guys as you do you know after you move out of the dorm now you right you and uh you know four other guys are now living in a house together Mm -hmm. and i i remember asking my friend to help me schlep something up the stairs and he really was perplexed by schlep just oh had not heard that word and really really thought yeah and like because i'm me he assumed this was like uh a you know um this this was like a a vocab quiz word that i was like incorporating into you know (laughs) into into my speech that like this this was just one of those words that like you know you 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 know, mm. you know, one one of those ten dollar words, right? Right, and very long ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's it's schlep, and he's like, "Well, what does right. it mean?" And it's like, "Well, it can mean." <laughs> what do you want it's... it to mean? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mm. Um, but you know, just where he was coming from, that was not a word that gets thrown around because I'm, I'm, you and I both mm-hmm. being from the East Coast, and it's you don't even have to have. Uh, Jewish family members to hear that word. It is just, it oh, is yeah. very much in that um, uh, parents from the Northeast uh, <laughs> uh, vocabulary. Yeah, I mean, it's in the North, it's in the Northeast vocabulary, honestly, I, I, you know, yeah. that we, we have so many of those, of, of these words like integrated into our, our, our the way of speaking and so i don't think italian we ever realize words it. and oh yeah and f- french words italian words is because they're um like schmooze and stuff like that that's y- yiddish right i believe so yeah i mean you know there, there's other stuff like that's a little more like like there, there's like um uh there's there's stuff that's a little rarer you know right. but i mean you'll hear like you'll hear you know gentiles say schwitz um oh yeah okay occasionally i mean if they're older maybe schvilkes uh or well i mean but but everybody schmuck oh yeah 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 exactly no that's that's um you know that's that's not a a the that's certainly not a an ashkenazi specific thing Mm. even you know even if even if it is a yiddish word Right, right. It, it, and it's so fascinating how all of these, all these different words, all different cultures, and specifically here, come into mm-hmm. play. And in certain mm-hmm. regions, specifically going back to the U.S., right, they are noticed yeah. and they are incorporated. Or I'm sorry, no, they are unnoticed and they are incorporated, and we use them. And then in certain places, they don't. And I often right, forget right. that. And I think this this ties in so nicely to your question in the beginning because, mm-hmm. you know, it. We're talking about the, the languages in Italy and these specific dialects mm-hmm. and the idea of a dialect versus a language versus a phrasing, right? And then you see the mm-hmm. same thing happening in the United States, too, where, you know, from, from soda to pop, right? Tennis shoes to right. sneakers, like these very subtle Fireflies, word changes. Fireflies, lightning bugs. 
Exactly. I didn't even think of that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, but they are integrated into the way you speak. And I, I don't think we, right. at least for me, like I don't think about that too often. And it was kind of, I think mm-hmm. it's part of why I was so perplexed when I went to Texas for the first time in Austin specifically. And this is probably why right. my, my, this is, and, and, and I met some of the people at this grad program I was looking at and, you know, they were native to Texas and um, I, you know, you're speaking to them and they sound like they're from New Jersey. Like without the accent, mm-hmm. just like someone that I've interacted with already. And I'm like, you don't have an accent. What's going on? Everybody in Texas is supposed to have an accent, right? According to TV. And then you start to realize right. like, oh, right. Not everybody in the US is a stereotype. Right. Um, but but also just like that these, that different languages and, and, and way and accents, yeah. even, which is a whole other thing we didn't touch on. Um, right. Do shape these things. Well, it's just, a, the, here, here's the question at the end of the day. Like, mm-hmm. Do I or do I not order it as minestrone or minestrone mm. at when I'm at Carabas or the Olive Garden? My mom insists on calling it minestrone, and then the waiter still asks for clarification. The minestrone, uh, and my my mom insists it is minestrone, which which I've been um. told is perhaps a Sicilian specific pronunciation from her. I think it is another one of these American dialect pro- like issues. Yeah, I think it might be Sicilian. Uh-huh. Um, I can't remember because min- uh-huh. minestrone. Because it'd be like minestrone. I don't think it's minestrone. There's no hard e. Yeah, there. no, not minestrone. Um, but right, but min- but like minis- Yeah, like a minestrone. Yeah, I think that I-, I cannot remember. I know I've asked this question too for mm-hmm, clarification. Mm-hmm. I I think that the minestrone might be that Sicilian dialect that then gets taught in the U.S. Mm. and changes. It's the, again, it's the mozzarella. Sicil- if, yeah, if you are Sicilian, let me know. Or from Bari, because I think that's also mm, where you my go. family on her side is from. So, nice. yeah, who? How, how do you say it? Let us know on uh, on Twitter. Uh, yeah, well, but <laughs> gravy yeah, or, or sauce. <laughs> gravy or sauce which camp do you fall no. into? This, oh, God, this will be just... the new lines that we redivide Italy the... into. I mean, because you you even get to you you'll see that that debate even with people that can, uh, even among our our parents' generation, you yeah. know, on mm-hmm. on pronunciation and stuff because they want to you know flex their their own familiarity and their own associations to something. I mean, uh, yeah. that's it's um it it's really interesting, and I mean, ultimately, it does come down to you know as long as you are being understood uh you are you know speaking that language i guess the the question that i always have with how separate languages sound to native speakers i always because you you know it was wonderful to to bring in the their sardinian uh dialect words and variations um and and of course all this wonderful research you brought in as well but i always like wonder if it if it is like us you know, speaking to people with really thick Southern accents where, oh, hmm. where it's mostly, you know, it, it's mostly all the same. Cause obviously, you know, we all write the same most, uh, except for, you know, certain phrases. Um, but you, you know, on the surface level, so many of the words are, pronounced completely differently is this like you know a a is is this like an an indecipherability of you know someone you know speaking 
uh like Frisian or German where you can kind of pick up some of the words to us or is this like someone with with a thick you know Scottish or Southern accent you know that, yeah that's, that's the that's the thing that I always wonder about like to to a <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh to, to an, a native speaker like what this registers as I I mean I'm right there with you. This is one of the biggest questions I have all the time, and it's part of my Uh fascination. I think it depends, honestly, because I think this is just my opinion in Uh partially speaking for at least Italian um, and from what I've heard. I think the difference when it comes to like Sardish versus Uh uh, Tuscan Italian is a different Uh language. I think it's like it's Uh literally a different um, sound to it. Yeah. Spanish to Italian, essentially. Mm, Okay. But Tuscan to Roman or Roman to maybe like the north, like Milan or uh, like like Turin. Yeah, let's go. Actually, it's a perfect one. Venetian to Roman. Yeah. Similar with accents. Mm -hmm. It's the Bavarian to Berlin like difference Mm. in German, right? They're the same language. They're an accent, which I assume... I mean, we can't really compare them because you need... They're obviously just different mindsets. But I, I think it would be similar to like someone from the Northeast talking to someone from like the deep South, right? Like right. real heavy New York accent to really thick Alabama accent. Like these just right. very different sounds, but they are mm-hmm. the same language. They're not really deviating, but right. Right. You know, cause it's like, it's like, um, mm-hmm. I imagine too, even like with Dutch and German, right? They're in Dutch, German, English, very similar, a little bit different. They can kind of understand mm-hmm. each other, but they kind of can't. Um, yeah. Versus like a Danish Norwegian, where it would be like Australians talking in slang or in their own mm-hmm. language, versus like or actually, in English, yeah. uh, versus you know a a proper English accent. You know this very right, posh right. kind of sound. Well, I mean, if yeah, I guess it it, it uh, you know I think it's also interesting when all of the words are the same, but the uh the context is absolutely befuddling <laughs> like um, yeah. saying there's a sun shower versus the devil is beating his wife hold on context what <laughs> <laughs> i need context immediately what i don't understand so in on the east coast primarily it is when it is sunny out and it is raining yeah we refer to that as a sun shower yeah a lot of the u.s i guess does not have a specific phrase for this however in a lot of places in the deep south it is referred specifically uh in and around tennessee uh is referred to as the devil is beating his wife um however this phrase this phrase is not even necessarily specific to english and actually does exist in other languages so i will throw that out there as well Okay, you just blew my mind on this one. That is very wild to me. I have no, I, I don't even know what to say because I'm like, I want to make a joke and I'm like, I don't even know if I can for the fact that this is like, how do you, how do you just, you know, sun shower is fun. Sun shower is like, oh, look at that. It's just, you know, the sun shower in us a little bit. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. It'll be cool. You know, we can go have some fun and then it's, oh man, yeah, yeah. devil's really beating his wife. Today. I re- like, Jesus. Well, like, that is, if that's what they call a sun oh, shower, I wonder what they call a sun dog. What the heck is a sundog? A sundog. No, what is that? 
It's like, have you ever been like outside and there's like a ring around the sun? It's so bright. Uh, yeah, I didn't know there was a word for it. it there you go. Okay, yeah, that's a sun dog. I've never heard that before in my life. <laughs> well, I guess I have now. This is right, oh right. God, well, is... like I, I mean, e even in Florida, there's there are specific expressions. I mean, there there's velvet ants in Florida, but I believe they're referred to as cow killers. In Florida, yeah. Oh, interesting. There's obvious. I think we've talked about this before, but um, cowboys being referred to as crackers. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, for some reason, I always mm. think of Uncle Cracker when I hear that. I don't know why. Um, Follow me. <laughs> that's my intrusive thought of the day. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't even, I mean, in wrapping up, too, because I, I, mm -hmm. now we're just naming things. I didn't even, yes. I mean, John as an existent word to mean everything and anything is already very fascinating. And then you get into the, <laughs> is, it, is it water or is it wooder? That's the question. Mm. That's the Philly, the Philly accent challenge. The Phil yes, yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, in you know, in a hundred years, when Philadelphia has developed into its own city-state, I'm sure that will be <laughs> the, the the foundational, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the the pivot from the English language. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool, yeah. Wow. I mean, this. We've covered you obviously again. Thank you for the amazing research. I will also oh, say course. I feel like uh, we covered a lot of we oh, unintentionally of <laughs> covered a lot of ground on this. Yeah, one. I was gonna say like, <laughs> whoa, this is this this brought in such an interesting conversation and and I think nuance to the thing we're talking about as well. That it's it is complicated. Mm -hmm. We are trying to provide solutions, but at the same time, you know. I, I, I think it's about being open-minded to these things and exploring language for the intricacies that it provides and the historical, mm -hmm. um, you know, the historical evidence it shows there too, rather than these binaries of it is this and it is that and we are Italian mm -hmm. and we are English and that is it. And right, there's nothing right. else there to look into. Right. So, uh, yeah, yes, but no, yes. wow, we talked about a lot of stuff. Yes, we did. <laughs> um, well, speaking of doing a lot of things, mm. what's going on with you? Um, not too much at the moment. At this point, I'll be awaiting for some news, but I believe my work at the Herder Gallery at the University of Massachusetts Amherst should still be there, but I think that that's about it for me. Um, those are most mm -hmm. recent things going on, so please stay tuned. How about you, Zan? What do you got going on? Um, nothing else I can, uh, announce just yet other than my, uh, MFA thesis show at the Tufts Medford Gallery. That's going to be uh, May twenty third. Going to run for eleven days after that. Um, nice, nice. That's uh, that's about all I can say with certainty just yet. Uh, thank you again to uh, all of the great guests we've had over the past month, especially last mm -hmm. week. Uh, John Alba, the Emmy Award winning, award winning, Alba yeah. If you are still sticking with us after finding us, um, welcome. Welcome to the Uncanny County Museum. Uh, you know, we hope that we, uh, you know, can provide some entertainment. Uh, but obviously, I, it's going to be hard for us to compete to any wrestling mm -hmm. uh, show out there. So yeah, we, we appreciate true. you giving us some of your precious time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, if you want to visit the museum after hours, we are at Uncanny Museum on Twitter. Uh, 
especially if you have any particular uh, dialect stuff, we'd love to hear about it. Send it our mm -hmm. way. We are at Uncanny County Museum on Instagram. Follow us there for all those dank memes. And if you want to find me on Instagram, I am at Xanasaurus. I also recently uh, did a little revamp on my website. If you want to check out what I'm working on there, you can find that uh, at zanpeters.com. And I'm at Josemino Art on Instagram. And you can you can also check out my website that I'm going to take Zan's lead on this and plug as well at uh, mm -hmm. JosemiNoArt.com. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, check out Zan's website. It's cool. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. it's and nice, hopefully, man. Hopefully by the time people are hearing this, I've figured out uh, how to set up uh, my, my online store and stuff because mm. I should also have um, some exciting stuff that I should be dropping on there soon. Nice. Super yeah, exciting. Yeah. All right. From the Uncanny County Museum, I have been Sam Peters. And I've been Joe Smithers. Bye. Ciao.